Good evening and uh, welcome. As we are waiting for uh, some other guests to join us, uh, I'm really excited to welcome you to the premiere of uh, our show, which is called The Conversation with uh, a Leader. And uh, this weekly show is going to feature students leaders, staff, faculty, and also community partners down the road to just to get to learn about their uh, leadership style, their experience, and their involvement in NYUAD community at large. Uh, we're really delighted and excited tonight to welcome our uh, first guest, uh, Hafsa Ahmed, the president of the Students' Government here at NYU Abu Dhabi. Uh, a very uh, exciting uh, time we're, uh, we're living, and she's also a senior, so she got a lot on her plate getting ready to graduate. So again, thank you, Hafsa, for uh, you know, uh, accepting the invitation and being the first guest for the show. And uh, the nature of the show is going to be conversational in a sense, but also a dialogue. It's an open dialogue that it's uh, informal in terms of the setup, but also to dig a little bit deeper about the challenges and the experience and the success uh, you as a students leader had uh, worked through and also sharing some of the interesting stories with uh, with, the, with the audience. Uh, each show will be recorded. So the goal is to have all of these recorded archived uh, somewhere, we're working on that. And that would be in a format of a podcast. So the guests or the people who are interested in the show but don't have the time to attend the live podcast, uh, they can go back and watch the show on their own time. Uh, next week, uh, we have uh, uh, Mr. Peter uh, uh, Dicey. He is uh, the athletic director, and he will be joining us for a conversation next week. Uh, same time, 7 to 8 on uh, Monday night at the same uh, Zoom address. And we will be putting out a flyer uh, very soon on both the Students Group Facebook page and also on the uh, Canvas Live uh, Instagram account. So without further ado, uh, welcome Hafsa and- uh, uh, Thank you so I, much. Uh, thank you. And you don't really need much of an introduction, but uh, just <laughs> to tell everybody, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, uh, what is your journey like uh, thus far as a leader? Um, yeah, sure. Uh, first of all, thank you for um, inviting me. I was very excited when you um, told me about this idea last week, um, and I can't wait to see where it goes. Um, oh, wow. Spotlighted. Okay. <laughs> this is definitely a new. Um, so my name is Hapsa. Um, I'm, I'm from Lahore in Pakistan. Um, that's where I have lived for most of my life. That's what I like to call home. But NYU Abu Dhabi closely became, very quickly, sorry, became a second home, so um, that there's that too. Um, I think uh, the way these things go is you're supposed to say your major and stuff, so I study social research and public policy. Um, that changed very quickly from biology, and I'm very glad I chose this. Um, I'm also very interested in public health. Um, so you mentioned, you know, these current present circumstances, and um, in a very strange um, uncalled for manner. This is somehow good practice for what I want to do in the future. Um, but yeah, and uh, aside from that, you mentioned um, my personal journey, I suppose, as a leader. I'm still trying to get used to those, to that label. Um, I don't think it's something that you can, you know, be voted into or be selected into being a leader, but more on that later. Um, I've been, I've been, I guess, in, in, in a primary way, been involved in student government for most of my time uh, here at NYUAD. And by that, I mean literally all these four years. Um, and I've been also very fortunate to work with um, student life and first year students um, in the capacity of Marhaba as an FYD facilitator, which was honestly um, one of the best things that I've done at this university and I'm very proud of. Um, and yeah. I, that should give a good intro, I suppose, unless there's something specific you want to ask about that. No, this, this is very good. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you, when I first joined NYU Abu Dhabi a couple of months ago, I was really amazed at the depth and breadth of uh, your organization as, as a group, you know, having to deal with everybody pretty much on campus, uh, all representing all the students, uh, interacting with the staff, the faculty, with the senior leadership, 
And I think it's really such a cool uh, opportunity for a young leader to experience while they are doing their undergraduate experience. Uh, so if we talk a little bit about the, the complex side of an organization as such, can you tell us a little bit about the structural and uh, processes that are involved in uh, managing an organization as the, the government, the students' government? Sure, um, I'll, I'll try to make it as interesting as possible because I don't think that anyone wants to go into Robert's rules of you know, <laughs> procedures and organizational management and what have you. Uh, but student government at NYUAD is really quite expensive. You know, at most it contains 1500 members because every member of the undergraduate student body can technically be a part of student government. Um, through our general assemblies, which are open to the entire student body. We're yet to reach, uh, you know, 1,500 members attending those. Maybe maybe that can be on Tote Santina's agenda. I see that Tina is here um, as next year's leadership. Um, but essentially, at the core, we've got five members in the executive board um, and then 22 members, including those five members, as a council. Um, so the idea is that you've got as many people as possible representing different constituencies. Um, as class representatives, as academic representatives, as committee chairs that work with specific departments on campus, um, and so on and so forth. Um, and then they further have committee members um, and uh, you know other students that work with. Um, so the broader student government, you could say, um, is 115 members or so, which is close to 8.4, of the student body. That's what it looks like in terms of you know the structure. Um, so it goes from five people all the way down to 115, all the way down to 1,500 or so, uh, which is pretty exciting um, if you think about it um, in that sense. Um, yeah, I. You also mentioned conflict. I think I kind of began no, rolling with my <laughs> rumble more, more, ramble. More, more of the processes. How do you communicate? Sure. Your best information. Mm -hmm. How much do you uh, spend time together in terms of uh, forming and norming and you know getting to know the different members and especially now we're uh, we're mainly relying on technology in terms of communication so what are some right. of the processes that are in place for you right absolutely um so within student government um you could divide it into two things um, one is internal communications um within you know the the members of the uh, of the council and student government and then of course there's external communications which can further be divided into two with administration and with other students um so i guess my personal philosophy is to um try and focus not only on some of the more organizational things, but also leave room in there to bond informally with um, fellow council members. Um, so we've got, of course, our official workspace. So we use Slack, uh, which has been very helpful. Um, but then we also have, you know, our chats on Messenger and so on and so forth, where we exchange memes and you know, funny videos of each other. Um, so that's always fun. Um, but yeah, we try to, we of course have our regular meetings, um, weekly with executive board, bi-weekly with council, um, so on and so forth. Um, and then there are informal um, training, uh, retreats, sorry, that take place mid-semester, end of the semester. And we try and have at least one event per semester with the wider student government. So those 115 people that I talked about earlier. Um, I remember um, the earlier this semester, we like ordered um, buns, bows, and we had a group picture together in the amphitheater. Um, so those are just informal opportunities to get to know each other. Um, I guess on the other end of things with, um, you know, student body interactions, um, again, trying to keep it as close to the people as possible and trying not to get too muddled in bureaucracies. Um, so even something as simple as a Facebook poll, for instance, works a lot um, when you want to gather people's opinions. Um, I personally try to carve out a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with folks. Um, so whether it's, you know, catching dinner in D2 um, or meeting for coffee, um, it's, it, it, it always um, seems to work. Um, I think overall, a lot of us have realized that you have to go to the people that you're trying to serve instead of waiting for them to come to you. Um, so reaching out and being proactive in doing so um, is, is always um, something on top of our minds. Oh yeah, no, that's wonderful. And I, and I know that uh, keeping up with the communication and also being timely in terms of uh, getting back to people also that could be challenging at uh, some points. Uh, you talked a little bit about uh, your personal interaction with the uh, different members of the students government and also the students body at large. Uh, and you can't help it as a leader, usually you look at as a source of inspiration. 
sometimes you can provide that. Sometimes it's really hard to come up with because it depends on the day. Uh, so how, how do you go about, uh, you know, influencing and maybe putting a nice dose of inspiration with your interaction on a daily basis? Sure. Um, I'll start with a, with a rather ironic anecdote. Um, earlier this semester when we had our spring council training, um, Sara, Sara Amjad from Student Life, she came in and she did a little exercise with us where we took one of those tests, those leadership tests to determine our competencies. I'm always a bit doubtful about them, but uh, my, when my results came out, I scored the lowest on the influential aspect of things. I was more of an organizer and a, and a, and a brainstormer, I think. Um, so it's funny that you should bring that up. Um, I don't think that is something you can do consciously, um, try and influence people around you. Um, I think it comes as a result, perhaps automatically, of the way you build relationships with people. Um, so when I'm interacting with people, um, I'm not, I mean, the first thing on my mind is not that I'm, I'm influencing somebody <laughs> through my actions, rather it's that I, I want to be friends with you. Um, I want us to have a good, honest, candid relationship where if there's something that's bothering you, that's on your mind, um, you feel comfortable enough to share with me. Um, so in my communications online and the language that I use when I'm posting in all these forums, when I know people are voice, like reading that stuff, um, I try to be as casual and friendly as possible. Um, by nature, I'm the sort of person who makes a lot of jokes and tries to keep things light, even if, if it's something that's serious, um, the nature of our topic. So try to, you know, maintain a light demeanor, um, make myself approachable. And if by way of that, uh, people feel comfortable, then that my goal is achieved. I, I guess you could call that influence. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't no, know actually, I was, more looking at I was more looking at inspiration. So if, if, we, if we flip the coin and ask you, where do you get ins your inspiration from? Um, the people around me, um, I would say. I think they are the most relatable. I think they are in situations which I find myself in. Um, and just, you know, this community um, is filled with individuals who are so driven and passionate. And I have no qualms saying that they're the ones, uh, students and non-students alike, that I draw my inspiration from. Um, I think the idea of, you know, global world leaders of the past and present can sometimes feel so removed from situations that we find ourselves in, um, that it can be hard to relate to some of the biggest names that we know. Um, so my biggest source of inspiration is the people around me. And of course, I look at other, you know, great leaders, be it political, be it thought leaders, cultural leaders. Um, but first and foremost, I look to those around me. Yeah, that's that's really cool. But uh, I'll tell you, can't help it. I have I have to press you on on who's your favorite uh, leader in terms of uh, history, and it doesn't have to be political. It could be, uh, you know, could be somebody in your field. It could be somebody from the past history. It could be a teacher. Uh, the big old classic question. Um... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I, Moapik, I'm going, I'm going to give you a hard time because I don't have one person. <laughs> I, I think, um, I, I don't know, I don't know. I think growing up, there were, you know, typical people that came to mind. Um, people like, I don't know, uh, people that we read about in history books. Um, I come from Pakistan, so, you know, leaders of my nation and so on and so forth. But as I, as I grew up, things weren't as black and white and the idea of, you know, heroes or, um, you know, leaders like these that we look up to, it became more complex. Um, and especially after coming to NYU, you realize that everything lies on a spectrum. There's no good or bad. There's no perfect or imperfect. It's, it's all very complicated. Um, so unfortunately, I don't have one name that comes to mind. Um, but I do try to look at, you know, people and try to extract the qualities that I admire the most. Um, yeah. Look, Hafsa, I like your answer. Usually that's my answer. Usually I, I, I tell people like a combination of multiple people, qualities of different leaders. But, uh, but I'll tell you, you, you talked about how uh, your thinking changed uh, over the years since you joined uh, NYU Abu Dhabi. So I want to I talk about that a little bit. Uh, so you're about to graduate and uh, go into the workforce or go into grad school. Uh, 
How would you describe the culture of NYU Abu Dhabi to somebody who never been there? I would say NYUAD takes support, collaboration, and care to a whole other level. Um, and so when people say that, you know, I've got your back, I've got you here, you actually mean it. Whether it's students, whether it's staff or faculty, there's just an extra element of camaraderie and community spirit that I've never experienced anywhere else before. Um, and, so, and so the one defining feature, um, as plain and basic as it sounds, is care. Um, people are invested in you, uh, not just as students of the community, but as individuals and as human beings. Um, and they're invested in your future um, and they're invested in your success um, in really a way uh, that I, yeah, it's unlike anything that I've experienced yet. Um, so, so care is, is something and that's something that stood out to me, you know, the moment I came to NYUAD for my candidate weekend. Um, and that was the first thing that I, you know, experienced, you know, even as a candidate, somebody who could potentially, and I was an RD candidate, so there was no guarantee whether I would come to this place. RD candidates are the worst. I, I've said it on record. <laughs> um, but just even still, the way people were answering my questions, the way they were taking me seriously, um, the, the, the way they were invested in me, um, it was just mind blowing. Um, so that's how this community sets itself apart. It's not in the resources, it's not in the diversity. Those are amazing, don't get me wrong, but it's just in the amount of care that people show towards each other. So uh, a lot of people don't know that also we've been working together on uh, big initiatives for NYU Abu Dhabi. We're uh, working together on a task force to establish a student's leadership program. And I do really enjoy uh, the interaction and uh, the great ideas you're bringing to the table. Uh, but I can't help it. How would you, in your own personal experience and also reflecting on the, the sentiments of the students here at NYU Abu Dhabi, uh, how would you define leadership and what are some of these core values or core competencies that uh, could define us uh, as, uh, you know, students and staff and faculty at NYU Abu Dhabi? I think I would go back to something that I said um, earlier on um, when we started this and say that Leadership is not, I, 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 know, I know the irony of me saying this, given that we're developing the leadership certification program, but leadership is not something that comes out of an application process or a certification process. It's, you know, you can't be nominated into being a leader or be selected or elected or what have you. Um, I think what really drives this idea of leadership is um, compassion that you show towards others. It's, it's in how you empower those who are around you. Um, and it's not only in how you fulfill your responsibilities, I think it's also in how you assume responsibility for something that's just bigger than yourself. Um, for be it an idea, be it a community, be it people, whatever you see around you, but that goes beyond your own self. Um, and it's hard to translate that into, you know, competencies. I know that's the big, you know, topic. What are these leadership competencies that we want to develop in people? Um, but I think the core thing that we should all be mindful of is that idea of thinking beyond oneself. Um, and then, you know, responsibility and compassion and um, all these other metrics, they, they, they become, they, it becomes easier for them to, you know, be assumed. Um, but compassion and looking for something that's collective, um, not individual, I think is at the core of leadership. No, that's, that's, that's great. And, uh, you know, you, uh, you really can uh, uh, distill down these, these values into, into compassion and care and uh, being genuine. And I think uh, there is something to say about uh, letting the experience take shape. And I'll tell you, uh, for any uh, person who goes through an undergraduate experience, uh, they're not the same when they've done. Uh, but one, one big thing is to be open-minded and be open to the experience and appreciating the ups and downs. So let me talk a little bit uh, about the, the downs. Can you share with us an experience, uh, let's call it maybe a watershed moment that, uh, you know, kind of change, uh, change your, you know, uh, your direction or maybe gave you a different idea I'll tell you, I talked to people about uh, me changing majors. I started as an electrical engineer, 
my freshman year and I flunked all of my math classes, shame on me, but uh, I ended up uh, changing majors to political science and I loved it. So that, that was to me uh, a watershed moment that really kind of changed my, the course of my life. Can you think of anything that is relevant that might change uh, your course of life and thinking? So would that be just, I mean, during my time at MYUAD or? No, it, that, it, that, no it, that, it doesn't have, it doesn't have to be. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a, hmm. Okay, <laughs> that is interesting. Uh, an open-ended question. Hmm. That's the professor in me. I can't help it. <laughs> oh, you have to tell me that story at some point. I didn't know you were a professor. Um, but okay. Um, I guess then I'll just, you know, bank on my recent memory um, and go back to last semester when um, so I was I was still you know serving as president and we had a 22 member council and so this is again in a in a very student government kind of um, position uh, but something that I realized was that um, at times I can become very process oriented um, and very much the sort of person who likes to check things off of a checklist and make sure that as a team we're on track um, but I realized that um, while doing that, perhaps what I was overlooking was the fact that the people that I were I was working with were at the end of the day, not just positions, they were people who had their own emotions and their own issues and their own like frustrations sometimes. Um, and that it was okay to, you know, kind of forego um, procedures and, uh, you know, time limits and whatnot to really check in um, and see um, what they were thinking and where some of their, you know, perhaps potential um, frustrations were coming from. Um, and so that, uh, that, that moment, I guess you could say, was perhaps a watershed moment where it became important for me to kind of let go of some of the more bureaucratic, you know, nature of things in our, in our line of work and really get together and talk it out um, in an intimate setting uh, to understand um, how people were feeling before we even came to our work and how best to do that. Um, yeah. Okay, so you uh, you kind of gave me to a different direction in terms of the, 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 the question. So you talk about how this situation kind of shaped your thinking about how maybe decision-making is not done is in a sequential way. And there is, there is more of having to, to build the trust and having to, uh, you know, to be informal before you get to a formal decision. So I can't help but to ask, do you have a decision-making process within your organization? How do you go about making decisions? How do you include the different uh, uh, voices, the different uh, thoughts and, uh, and opinions, the diversity of opinions that uh, represented in the 1,500 plus students we have here in the university? Yeah, that's a, I have to say that's a challenging one. And you brought up diversity and um, especially when, I mean, you want diversity, you want a diversity of opinions, you want to hear from all these different constituencies and not just make decisions in silos. But that adds to the challenge of reaching a decision because that has to be done also. Like you can't just be in a stage where you're gathering these opinions but not doing anything with them. Um, so that has definitely been a challenging thing. In our organization, decision-making takes place at various levels. Um, so there are some decisions that are very internal facing um, and they sometimes only take place in executive boards or five members um, and I see both of them are here. Hi Zain, hi Motoy. Um, and then there are some decisions that um, occur within, a, within our council setting, so 22 people. Um, and, and we take it, even decisions that we make in executive board, they never take place without consultation from council members. Um, and we, we, you know, take it to council meetings, the bi-weeklies I mentioned, we talk it out, listen to different people, understand why they have those concerns and not just what their concerns are. So understanding where those concerns are originating from and how best we can address, um, address those things. And then there are decisions that have to be taken on a student body-wide level or a class-wide level. And so having those conversations online, trying to create space to have conversations in person because that those are also of such a starkly different nature. Uh, when you take those conversations, you know, off, off the internet and actually in person that you're able to confront the other person. Um, so all of that takes place. And then in terms of incorporating um, those voices in the, in, in the actual decision itself, I think one thing that I told myself um, and one thing that our team recognized from the beginning was that um, there's no way you can make all of these diverse voices happy all at the same time. 
Um, and there's always a give and take that has to take place and there's always a compromise that has to be made. Um, and so be, to be extra aware of who you're making that compromise with and finding opportunities in the future to make sure that they still feel heard um, and that there are some things that we can do to, you know, make their lives easier um, and help quell some of their frustrations. Um, so being, I guess, aware of those minority voices or voices that don't get heard as much or, do, or don't get, you know, as much footing into decision making um, and then seeking them out and targeting them and hearing them out. Um, so yeah, no one decision can include everybody's opinions um, or go the way everybody wants. And as somebody in this position and making those decisions, you have to be okay with that, but then not letting the reaction to that decision disillusion you, but rather to keep on working with those groups um, in the future. Uh, so as a follow-up, I know that uh, you are in a very interesting situation as uh, president of a student's body and you, you get to have a seat around the table with the senior leadership, uh, especially at this time of dealing with uh, crises and having to arrange things and uh, adjusting to a new normal. Uh, so this sort of uh, political capital that you have representing the students and going into, uh, into these meetings, uh, do you do you have a strategy in terms of uh, consulting, in terms of getting uh, uh, input from the rest of the students? And at the end of it, if uh, the collective decision, uh, i.e. by the university, is maybe not uh, of a favorable one for everybody, uh, how would you address and deal with criticism uh, from different segments of the student's body? Um, so I'm, I'm very lucky in my position to um, have such an amazing team um, who are directly serving certain constituencies, which I can't always reach. And so when it comes to decision making, um, really, it's the work that they do as a council in gathering the opinions rather than me as an individual going out and gathering those opinions. Um, and the work that we do collectively does a very good job of um, kind of uh, providing opportunities for different students to have their voices heard. So that's step one, gathering as diverse of an opinion or take in a particular matter as possible. Um, when it comes to certain decisions being made which don't necessarily go people's way, um, I think on our end, it's very important for us to remove any filters between students um, and people who are making the decisions in whatever administrative capacity they're in. Um, so to provide opportunities of direct engagement um, between students um, and between administration, because sometimes all you really need to, I mean, in our capacities as student government, we get to hear a lot of reasons, a lot of behind the scenes exposure to why a certain decision is being made. Um, and that makes it easy to digest that decision, even if you don't personally agree with it. But as a student, it can be hard sometimes to get to know what's happening behind the scenes and why a certain decision is being made. So our job, and we try to make hard, we try to work hard to remove all those barriers, provide opportunities for direct engagement, so that students can hear, um, you know, full on and directly um, why a certain decision was made. Um, we tried to do that recently, you know, with commencement and with um, seniors. Um, and one thing that we realized is that um, everyone in the administration is always super um, open to those engagement opportunities. Um, so it doesn't, uh, it doesn't, it's not very hard to set up those opportunities. And over the past month, uh, we have had so many of these open forums and so many of these live Q&A sessions um, that I think at this point, you know, people might even be getting sick of them or not. We love direct engagement. Um, yeah, so that makes the job easier. Um, and the second thing is also that, you know, as we wear the hats of, you know, student government and student leaders and, and what have you, but at the end of the day, we're also friends, we're roommates, we're peers, we're classmates. Um, and in our conversations, I mean, the tone that we adopt in talking about these matters matters a lot. Um, so even outside of those official capacities, um, my personally, I mean, I uh, try as much as possible to engage casually with people on topics that I know they're thinking about um, and conveying my opinion and why I hold that opinion and trying to ease the frustration that they might feel. Um, so it's both in an official capacity and in an unofficial capacity. 
um, that I try to alleviate the pressure or pain points in students regarding spring decisions. Well, uh, definitely you handle it with cool. So I, uh, <laughs> I gave that to you. You are calm and collect, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's not an easy situation, but uh, you're doing well. Uh, so let me let me kind of shift gears and ask you about uh, reflection uh, on your experience here at NYU uh, Abu Dhabi as a leader. And if you can think of uh, one uh, achievement or what let's call it the proudest moment uh, in your tenure, and if you can share that with us. So this would be specifically in my student government tenure or just as a student at NYUAD? If possible, as, as a leader, and also if, uh, if you can think of something more of uh, over the last four years. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, let's see. There, because there have been a lot of a lot of you know proud moments. Um, I would say you know actually come to think of it, I would say, and I see Anna here. Um, I would say it was uh, this election cycle. Um, and the reason why I was, so we recently, for people who are unaware, we recently held um, student government elections. Um, Anna here is a member of the elections commission was, um, and uh, it was, you know, all positions were open um, and people ran. And the one thing that I remember from, and this was one of the first um, elections that I haven't run in. So it was a very, very um, strange kind of realization. Um, it was closure in some senses, but a realization that it's time to move on now. Um, but what, every election, I remember the frustration of not having enough people to run for these positions and not having enough people, you know, like uh, tuning into these speeches that we have, so on and so forth. And this, this time around, it all happened so smoothly. We had an average of three people running per position, which was just insane. Um, and perhaps, you know, Roman's here as well. Maybe he can tell you about how things were in his time, perhaps, but it, it wasn't people, positions didn't get that much traction. And I do think that the fact that so many people are interested and so many diverse students are interested in, uh, you know, these positions speaks of um, a couple of different things. One, promotions that were done on everybody's end, uh, everybody who was running this election, but then two, also perhaps, um, you know, the way that people do see that these positions are empowering um, and, and they do drive change on campus, slow as it may be. Um, and to me, having such interest is a testament to the work that student government has done over the past four years since I joined it. Um, and in terms of perhaps a legacy, that is a collective legacy to leave behind, um, you know, not just me as an individual, but um, as, as people, um, all members of student government who have, who have poured their sweat and blood into this organization over the past four years. Um, so I don't think any one individual can take credit for it, but it is definitely my proudest moment um, as a member of this organization. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty good. And I uh, I'm also wanted to ask you, you, you talked a little bit about legacy, maybe the, the legacy that you hope for. Uh, but uh, let's say uh, the students, uh, how would they would remember Hafsa? Ideally, they will not. Uh, ideally, <laughs> this organization will have become so sustainable uh, and so just ingrained into everything that we do as an NYUD community um, that it won't be about one individual. Um, it'll be about what student government together, um, you know, can, can do and the kind of change that it can enact and the kind of way in which it can support students. Um, so the, it, this reminds me of, a, again, a funny anecdote from our council training way back in August this time. We do this exercise where we anonymously you know, fill in a survey and where there are a bunch of different questions in there about student government. And one of the questions is, what are some words you associated with student government? Uh, and I think somebody jokingly put in their hapsa. <laughs> but, um, well-intentioned as that as that answer may have been um i think i think what i would how i would like people to remember this moment is as a collective um not not on an individual level um i would however not be opposed to people remembering me as somebody who makes good puns 
um, I, that is a legacy I'm happy to leave behind. Yes. Oh, very cool. So Hafsa, we, we asked you a lot of questions. Some of it has to do with your experience, some of it on the serious side in terms of how having to be part of the decision making. So now the, the fun part of the interview. So what I call it as a rapid fire session. Oh, so <laughs> I got you words, I'm gonna throw you questions, hopefully fun questions, and just give us the answer that you think of right away. So okay. all time favorite movie. Can you see how much I suck at this rapid fire round already? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a serial overthinker, you have to know. Okay, no, I, I, I will say it, I will say it. Um, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Cool. If there was a theme song to your life, what would it be? Oh, a theme song. Okay, so lately I've been, um, I've been thinking about All Star by Smash Mouth. <laughs> so that is some, is it, is it Smash Mouth? I can't even remember for the life of me. But yes, but that's the theme song to get through these pandemic times, for sure. I don't know about life. <laughs> okay, how about a celebrity that you want to meet? Oh. Ah, oh, okay, um, I'll say it, Emma Watson. Okay. <laughs> Can you see the theme that's forming here? I love it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, let's talk about food. What is a comfort food that you go to? Biryani. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, this, this is a tricky one. What is a cartoon character resembles you, according to your friends? Ooh, a cartoon character that resembles me. That is a tough one. I want to say Dexter. But I'm not sure. I've also been compared to minions in the Despicable <laughs> Me movies. So either works. I've been called a minion before. Okay, so the, la the last one is uh, where do you see yourself in 10 years from now? Ah, 10 years from now. Um, hopefully as a part of a community that's as exciting and supportive as NYUAD and doing something in the in the public health field. I'm not sure quite what, but something that takes me all over the place. Um, I can't sit still in one area for long. Yeah, excellent. We have no doubt that you're gonna do great at whatever you select to do. Uh, it's been fantastic, you know, you've been a good sport answering those question. But now it's really the fun part of this whole show is I'm gonna open it up to the audience uh, to ask uh, Hafsa questions, or they have something to say to Hafsa, or uh, they want to contribute to the conversation, please feel free to go at it. I'm not going to regulate uh, who goes first and what have you. If you feel moved to talk, uh, unmute your mic and go for it. I think part of it is already happening as well. Um... Is Dexter a serial killer? Possibly. I actually didn't watch the show, so I can't be sure. Hafsa, I have a question for you, if I may. Um, it, I was really happy to hear, and I'm sure Sarah Jad as well, that um, you've really enjoyed Marhaba and FYD experience. Um, what do you think was were some of the highlights from that experience? Uh, what were some of the leadership skills that you've learned? Or if we were to uh, encourage students to apply for this role, what would you say is the, 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 the best highlight that they can expect? I think for me, all of us who do end up applying to this position, I think first and foremost, we want to you know, get to know the new class the idea of you know all these first years coming in so many of them and us not knowing them is frankly speaking quite scary um so all the first years on this call yes we were intimidated by you and i can say that on record uh, i think the the thing that comes out of it is so so this idea of you know leadership but within your peers how does that work I mean, there are people who are barely a year younger. I mean, I became a first year, I, I became an FYD facilitator, I think when I was a sophomore. So they're only a year younger. It's not like you have massive, you know, experience or wisdom compared to them. Um, but, but you are still in this quote unquote leadership position. 
So I guess navigating some of these elements of being the leader, but among your peers is something that I learned because you can't, you can't, that's a different kind of relationship building. You have to be firm, but you have to be friendly. You're there to like, you know, for a purpose, but you're also there um, to sort of be this casual person who doesn't seem like they're coming in from top down. Uh, so this idea of almost, if you can call it grassroots leadership, is something that I learned how to navigate important topics with my peers or people who are my age, um, and how to how to how to how to ensure that learning occurs in that setting. Um, so yeah, managing those dynamics is something that came out of uh, FYD, I would say. Thank you so much, Hafsa. Would you say this role prepared you in some ways for your current role with a student government? Absolutely, absolutely, especially in terms of facilitation and uh, the whole, I mean, conversation and training that we had about debate, dialogue, discussion, differences between them. Um, and again, the idea of taking space and then making space. Um, I think especially if you're in a role in student government, it, it can be quite easy to take space because the space, I mean, you know, it's there and uh, you can very easily be the only person talking in these meetings and um, sharing only your opinion. So I think the best thing that came out in terms of preparing me for this particular role was um, how, how, how should meaningful and mindful discourse happen. Um, Thank you, Hafsa. Of course. Hey, Hafsa, this is Coach. Um, if, Hi, if you were, if, how are you? If you were sitting down as a senior having a cup of tea with Hafsa as she first joined the university, uh, and wanted to become a leader, what, what advice would you give her? Hmm. Oh my gosh. That's a, that's a tough one. And the, that's also a, oh, now you see you've unraveled this whole like reflection and this overthinking brain. But I think, I think what I would tell my freshman self is to not get carried away uh, and to, learn how to breathe every now and then and to pace things instead of uh, just, you know, over committing and getting in the midst of too many things. Um, I haven't regretted any single one of those things, but I think in the midst of them, sometimes it's easy to, you know, forget to live in the present uh, and not have your brain thinking, you know, um, five steps, 10 steps into the future all the time. Um, so yeah, just, just breathing, taking it easy and living in the present moment. And would first year Hafsa listen to that advice? No way. <laughs> she would not. <laughs> uh, especially if it was uh, future Hafsa telling her. She's a very stubborn woman, unfortunately. Yeah. All right. Wait. Oh. Oh. Are you going to go first? Go ahead. Okay. Um, all right. So um, I wanted to ask, since you already kind of like talked a bit about um, like, um, like kind of making time for like your, your position. Um, I was wondering like, how you, would you advise someone who is, you know, at NYUAD in a community like this, where, you know, you're kind of presented with all these opportunities, um, all at once, and they're really interesting and you want to, you know, invest your time in almost everything. And, and, um, so like, what is your advice for someone who wants to be involved as much as possible? but not get to a point where they're spreading themselves out too thin. Um, because I personally have experienced that. And I, um, just knowing you, I know you're working on so many different things um, at the same time. So I'm wondering if you have any advice for that. Fun fact, Sarah and I just spent three hours on a meeting literally right before this or something. So she definitely knows <laughs> the things that I'm doing. Um, but I would say, uh, I would say one thing that helped me was thinking critically about what could come out of all of these involvements. And so it's very easy to sign up and, you know, even carve out time in your schedule for all of these things. But how much can you realistically create, how much of an impact can you realistically create if you spread yourself out too thin? So when I try to rationalize my own involvements and try to think critically about the impact that I'm trying to create or um, how much you know, I can, how much good can I generate or what can be my yield from all these activities? The list of things I want to do quickly narrows down um, because I, I know that, you know, I can't, I, I can't do justice to all of these things. 
Um, so perhaps thinking along those lines um, helps more um, than just the, uh, the broader narrative of, you know, um, you should always be taking care of yourself and these opportunities are always going to be there no matter what, um, and you have four years, so on and so forth. So being very pragmatic, I suppose, um, in what you can take on, because realistically the yield that you produce through all those engagements, it's only going to go down the more you the more you spread yourself. So Hafsa, this is Renee. Hey Renee. This has been great. It's been really helpful. I want to follow up on uh, the question that Coach DC asked. So imagine you're sitting down with a brand new member of Campus Life somebody who doesn't know anything about NYU Abu Dhabi, and whether it's first year Hafsa or fourth year Hafsa, they say, so what advice do you have for me? I wanna be successful with the students. I wanna introduce things that are beneficial and valuable to them. What advice do you have for me? Um, hmm. I think this is, this is not new novel advice. Um, this has been shared before, but I'll share it again just because of how important this is. Um, don't assume. Uh, don't assume anything. Don't assume the first time you get an answer. Don't assume the second time you do. Don't assume whether you're a freshman or a senior. You simply do not know. Um, you, you simply do not know where people are coming from, why they have a certain opinion, um, why they carry themselves in a certain way. Um, and so what I'm trying to say by way of that is that um, always ask um, and always um, don't, don't presume you know, but rather go out and ask the person in question, the community in question, um, the you know, particular group in question, whatever the size of that unit is. Um, before you begin to think how, um, you want to, how you want to engage with them or what you want to do for this particular community individual person. Um, that has helped me, that has broken down some of the presumptions that I had when I came in. Um, and this like age old, you know, almost motto, NYUAD motto that you enter, uh, you leave with more questions than when you entered is true, um, is very much true. And it very much applies to all of us. Um, so yeah, not pre, not supposing, but rather asking um, in any given scenario, in any given situation, I think is always is always helpful. Any other questions? Um, I have another question if no one. Um, yeah, go for it, please. Um, so I uh, personally struggled uh, within the past couple of years to apply for leadership positions only because uh, I, I think I struggled with self-esteem um, and just being able to take on like leadership positions was something that I didn't think that I would be capable of, especially in a community as yeah, you know, uh, competitive as NYU AD where you get to see a lot of your peers, you know, excelling in so many different things. Uh, so, you know, if you were to uh, sit in a coffee shop with someone who, you know, is at NYU AD as an undergrad student who is struggling with the similar, like similar, um, I guess, like feelings of intimidation uh, when applying to such leadership positions, uh, what would you tell them? I mean, I guess the first thing that I would say is that it, it, it feeling intimidated um, is, is I mean, it, it can be very real and it can take time to, you know, get over something like that or get beyond that to a point where you feel comfortable um, to put yourself out there and to apply. And so um, first and foremost, like give yourself, give yourself time and give yourself space um, to grow out as an individual and gather confidence and comfort um, to apply to these um, things, whatever these things may be. Uh, I think giving ourselves time is the best thing that we can do um, in terms of taking care of ourselves, first and foremost. Um, I think another thing that I would say is that um, a lot of the times, perhaps the intimidation that we feel is because we don't know the backstory of how that particular person got to where they are um, and the number of times that they fell before they finally you know, stood up and went out there and did their thing. Um, so, so, don't discount that. 
Um, and just this idea of, you know, keep coming back again and again to try within reasonable limits, of course, um, not to just like waste your time too much um, or the same thing, but, but be that, being aware that there's a backstory to how everybody got where they got. And then third, I would say um, that if trying won't cause you harm in terms of, you know, stress or perhaps take away your time, then trying won't hurt. Um, and there's a learning within that trying as well. Because um, every time you do try, you take away that learning, you reapply it to wh whatever you're trying out for, and then you come out again stronger. Um, if I can give a personal example, I, I, almost any position that I've achieved has never been because I got it the first time. Um, and it has always been a build-up process um, and keeping coming back at it and like applying again and so on and so forth. Um, so there's definitely more than meets the eye. And I think, I think, I think, yeah, there's something to be said about perseverance. Um, and yeah, I don't know if that answered. I rambled. <laughs> it did. Thank you for answering. Hafsa, this is Wayne. <laughs> oh my goodness. No Wayne. <laughs> rapid, rapid fire questions like Moafik. Leaders. <laughs> We're done with, done with the fire range. Nope. <laughs> leaders, born leaders or trained and made leaders? Bottom line. Oof, can I say a mixture of both? Is that an no, acceptable answer? No, there's two options here. A leader's born or made. Okay, 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 okay. ladder. say a mixture of both. You can go with a mixture of I'll, both. I'll, I'll say ladder. I'll say ladder only because if we assume that people were born as leaders, then we would be losing out on so many amazing individuals who have so much potential. And then I, didn't, I don't know what we'd be doing here <laughs> as NYUAD. Okay. You don't think those people that come into leadership roles have some innate trait in their personality that uh, has other people gravitate to them or want to follow them? I mean, sure. I think that's definitely there in the mix, um, which is why, again, I thought this was not a black and white answer. But, um, but I do think, but I do think that in and of itself is not the thing that makes leaders. Uh, it can be in there for sure, but um, there's more to that, and there's more to nurturing. I think Sarah mentioned this in the comments, um, which can help, you know, which can help carve out um, individuals as 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 leaders. Um, okay. <laughs> you had one question for your rapid you, fire? You were worried about a bad question or something, you know? <laughs> 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 Thank you. Thank you for being here. All right, we're, uh, we're getting close to the end of the, the session. Uh, I would like to uh, extend my warmest thanks to Hafsa for being brave enough and uh, having to join uh, the premiere episode of uh, our show. And uh, I look forward to interacting with you uh, until uh, you graduate and you go on with uh, big and great things in life. And uh, next week, we're gonna be uh, meeting at the same time, 7 to 8 on Monday. Uh, you got the Zoom link, uh, we're gonna be talking to uh, uh, Coach DC, and uh, hopefully you will join us. And the challenge for you is to bring in a guest or two to the session. Until then, have a great night and take care of yourself and each other. Thank you so much, everybody.